When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 597 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm Christian Piles, joined as always by Steven, Kyle Brackey, Ben Funky Askren. What's going on, guys? Today's the day. We thought Saturday was the day, but it got moved to today. But today's for real. It's happening, Ben. What are you thinking, man? Yep, uh, it's happening. It goes down. Jordan Burroughs going to wrestle David Taylor. The card starts at 7 o'clock Central, 8 Eastern. Uh, we're going to get get started with a couple matches and then get into senior level stuff with Seth Gross, Joey McKenna, Jane Cox, Nate Jackson, and then concluding with JB versus DT. And why don't we start there? I think it's time. We're going to make Ben Askren put his prediction out there. He's been sitting on the fence for – some some months now. Now it's it's prediction time. He wasn't sure. Now it's time to be sure. Who do you think is going to win, Ben? I, I already have. Jordan Burroughs. Um, I didn't have a score, but I, I would say in the like, things would be like a six five, six six, close. Whoa. Okay. You know what? I was I was leaning Taylor, and I had a premonition, and it was Burroughs five four. Describe this premonition. How did these come? To I you? just I uh, I was just thinking about the match, and I saw I saw it competitive, kind of like maybe like Dean Dean and Taylor, and I saw Jordan Burroughs getting the last takedown to win five four. Man, that would be something. I I. Uh... It feels like the, the public is pretty split, but leaning Taylor, which I think is the pragmatic and like the Vegas yeah. favorite choice. But yeah, I don't know. There's just something. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Some of it's just sort of indefinable or I'm, I'm not really exactly sure why. It doesn't make sense that David wouldn't win. Um, really? But, why, but think about, I mean, the, the reason that this is not – almost 95% Taylor and 5% Burroughs is because of what happened last month. Uh, well, I'm sorry. And now, now I guess it would be two months ago, November. We had two, th- we had two points of data, which are our most recent points of data, which matter a lot. Right. And maybe I am even falling for recency bias. There's a definite possibility of that because everyone does, but our recency bias saw, uh, watched Jordan Burroughs melt the heat Valencia and watched David Taylor have a nail biter with Gabe Dean. Um, and that that's where our brains are at right now. We can't unsee that. And I think had this been right after, had we not seen Jordan's bros compete and had this been right after David killed miles Martin, I think it would be like 90, 10, 95, five with people favoring David. But since we saw that in November, I think, I think that's stuck in our brains. It is, it is absolutely 100% stuck in my brain. Man, that's interesting. Cause I don't see, I just don't really factor in the, um, the Gabe Dean match that much. I think stylistically they're so different. I think, you know, and David alluded to it. That was like, you know, he didn't really have like a super, he talked about it with us, Ben, like 
yeah, he did not peak, he did not peak for that match or anything close to it. He's peaking for for today. Sure, um, but Gabe Dean also isn't Jordan Burroughs, right? And I, and I know Gabe Dean's very good, and I know he's bigger, and he just went up and wrestled Mike Mock, who is you know a ninety-seven kilogram, ninety-two, ninety-seven kilogram guy. But I, I just, man, I watched David Taylor, and at least he could say he wasn't peaked all day, but my eyes still saw what my eyes saw, and I watched him have the, he, I mean, he got four push-outs, right? He didn't get a takedown until the very end in that last scramble. Am, am I right on that? I believe that's correct. Or, okay, or he so, might have two ones in the two. I can't recall. Okay, I, th- I thought it was four push-outs. Um, but Jordan Burroughs is at least equally hard to take down as Gabe Dean is. Size, size, size is irrelevant in that matter. And so if David was struggling to take him down, um, that that's going to be an issue. And the other thing I, I think here, I think it's pretty obvious that Jordan, especially after watching um, November, Jordan's not going to get tired. I mean, that is not going to, that is usually, that is generally an asset for David Taylor. That, and that is going to continue to be an asset. That's going to be uh, a, an asset against Yazdani uh, in the Olympics. 100%. There's zero doubt in my mind. It's not going to be an asset against Jordan Burroughs. I think I think um, one thing maybe the, that I'm thinking about, so you're t- talking about the Gabe Dean match. With the Zahid match, if I'm trying to make the case for David, I think that's yeah. not necessarily a case for Jordan. I think that's a case for David that, listen, if he gives up that kind of a lead early against a guy like David who can be a fast starter, of course he's great at the end as well, there could yeah. be big trouble because you're. I don't know the the vulnerabilities David's going to have in the second period aren't going to be related to lungs or gas or horsepower. It's going to be about you know just tactical adjustments from Jordan, which he certainly can make. But if I th- I I think whoever if someone can get out to an early lead, it's going to be tough for them the the uh, other guy to run them down. So that almost makes me yes. wonder if we're going to have a tighter first period with that in I mind. I think we are. I think you we do. Are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think. I, and I, I thought I brought this up. I did I bring it up last week on, on the David podcast where they both are going to have the recognition that neither the other one is not going to get tired, of, and they're going to act accordingly. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's matches where David and Jordan have both went out and said, you know, this this first couple points doesn't really matter because I know I'm going to melt this guy, and then I'm going to score a whole bunch of points. I mean, I've had that mentality. And I've had the mentality against certain guys. I mean, one of the biggest adjustments I had to make going into that 2008 run I had was that, hey, I, I might only have four minutes because remember how the periods were structured? Yeah. And I was so used to my conditioning being asset and folk style because I'm going to have seven minutes unless someone gets pinned. I'm going to have seven minutes to wear this guy out. And now there's a potential on the force. So yeah, I do have to lock it down. I can't give up easy points. There is no stalling. There is no passivity. Like I have to lock myself down. And so once I had that recognition, I, I changed quite a bit. And I think, you know, the same mentality can be thought about this match is they know that they're not going to get each other tired or it's very unlikely that they get each other tired. So they're going to need to lock down a little bit more and not give up easy points early. How much of a factor do you think the edge is going to be for Jordan? Obviously, it's one of his biggest weapons in most of his matches, yeah. but is it something he can utilize here against David? I don't. I don't feel like it's going to be a huge weapon because um, because he will have the I don't say inability, but because he will struggle to move him like he moves other guys his same size. Um, I, I don't think he's going to move David like that. Okay, what do you think, Kyle? No, I. I okay. No, you can go ahead. Ben. Oh, sorry. Well, I think one of the things uh, you know, if I th- and I just thinking to the David game is if if David slows down a little bit and David doesn't get exhausted, but he definitely absolutely slows down. That's where Jordan can, and, and we saw this in their one famous match where where David was up six to three, where his feet just stopped moving quite as much, and Jordan has those uh, quick strike attacks that he can hit. And if, if that happens, then that's going to be an issue for David. I think I think we'll see kind of like does he match maybe Jordan not build as big of a lead because or David not build as big of a lead because Jordan knows how and David's not gonna fade like Zahid did, but maybe like goes out to a two oh lead, maybe it's like two one at the break. Um and then I like Jordan by a point here. Maybe maybe a takedown in the last Ooh. thirty seconds, last minute or so. 
I don't know. I just think Jordan's going to find a way to get this done like he usually does. Man. Um, anytime we're all in This is so crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's so crazy because I mean, I mean the other thing I now I think like I it is again I I get, I'm seeing both perspectives. It's like well, when you think of that 6-3 match, I literally excited literally just brought it up and, I, and then I started thinking, shit, did I pick the wrong person? Cuz you think of that 6-3 match when David was just a baby. He was up 6-3 and he lost 7-6. And if he's got another yeah. 25 pounds, is that is that still the result? And I'm thinking like, no, that's not. If David's got 25 pounds in that match, he's winning that match. Yeah, there's you know? a chance. And it's like. Yeah, I was going to say, there's there's a chance tomorrow morning we're like, what were we thinking? <laughs> like, what? Like, For real. Like, I'm I'm there. I'm I'm there like every other time I think about this match. I'm like, well, is this is this totally crazy? They were so close then. How much better has Jordan actually gotten? Because we know David's so much better, and he's larger. Maybe we're idiots. Yeah. But there's something that's yes. I don't know. There's something about I, the confidence the exact... that, Sorry, that Jordan exudes in the interviews and how he talks about the matches that makes me. I don't know. Maybe that's part of it too. Maybe it was watching him run down Zahid. Even though uh, I've already said the show, I feel like that match is not uh, a case for Jordan. Um, it's just like just doubting him is is really really tough to do um you know it's gonna be it's gonna be so crazy because david is like the can you imagine if jordan wins this and david is like the favorite to win the olympics like how crazy that'll be like for for He's this guy favorite and then, not even close christian yeah i mean who, not who just could you even make an argument win. that's gonna beat him at 86 in, in the whole he, world guys donnie would be probably the only one and the Russian. But you've seen Yazdani have a heart attack twice. Like that's like <laughs> little, to me, Yazdani being David is like. I, no, he's just not beating him. Yeah. Yazdani is not going to beat David Taylor. Period. He's had to hit the life alert button on on two separate occasions. We were, it was it was a dire situation. For real, for real. <laughs> lying on the mat. Yeah, no, for a hundred percent. I mean, but you if you got to find someone that hey could maybe do it it's it's probably him because we know he can score on david he can score with david yep. he just cannot sustain the onslaught of six yeah. minutes of david yes that's he cannot but yeah that. 86 yeah. is so i mean it, it's crazy to think about this match could can happen jordan's got a legit chance to win and then david's likely going to go on and win the olympics and we don't even know Man, it's going to be a dogfight for Jordan to make the team, right? It's going to be the most anticipated yeah. match. He's going to take on Kyle Dake, and it's going to be crazy. So excited for that. Um, excited for tonight. I've seen David's here. Uh, Coach Jordan, of course, lives here. Um, seen everyone else, so it's, it's almost go time. Can't wait for it. Any, any other any other thoughts, Ben? No, I, I think uh... – I think we did. I think yeah. I think you're right that there's there's definitely a chance tomorrow morning. We're thinking like, what? Why did we pick that? Like that was not a good pick. But um, I've been going back and forth on this one, and I, I think you can make really good cases for both people. Yeah, yeah. You can't feel if if um, you were picking something out of a hat and your life depended on you, you'd be like, all right. No matter who you get, you feel like, all right. I got David Taylor. Okay, that that sounds pretty good given the circumstances. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be a blast. I can't wait. I can't believe it's actually finally here. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm in a weird emotional place right now, but it's gonna be awesome. Uh, <laughs> so a lot of a lot of uh, awesome Big Ten stuff, D1 stuff going on this weekend. We're gonna have the Declane, but we we kind of alluded to the Nebraska versus Iowa duel. I don't know if you wanted to oh, maybe yeah. go go through that because this could be a pretty good one. Obviously. Iowa is going to be a, a large favorite here, but there's a few really, really big matches. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I was, I think we talked about yesterday where it's like, especially because of the first two matches, I don't really see a scenario where Iowa could win, but Nebraska. you're going to have, a, I'm sorry, yes, correct. Nebraska is going to win, but you're going to have a whole bunch of matches. Um, hey, and actually now, now I'm looking at this roster. One of the things we forgot to mention last weekend, we talked about how good Christian Lance did. Christian Lance did at the U.S. Open. I don't have the stats right in front of me, but he he won he a bunch good. of really good matches. And Gable Stevens the Tech followed him with takedowns. He's he is so ridiculous. Oh my god! He also, he also snapped him through the mat. I don't know if you saw did you that. See that snap? He, oh, I, did. I only saw a couple clips. I did not see that. 
he, he snapped him so hard that Lance's face just bounced off the mat. Like he couldn't catch himself from not hitting face first on the mat. So, I mean, not, the, the reason that's most impressive to me, the, the tech fall by takedowns, is not only because he's that much better, because he is, that being Gable, but the, the part that's most impressive to me is that he can just go get these uh, takedowns and he doesn't get tired. I mean, to tech fall somewhat heavyweight by takedowns, I used to, I remember I told you guys, I tried setting a high school takedown record. Dude, yeah. it's exhausting. It is tiring. <laughs> it is very, very tiring. And for him to be able to just get nine or 10 in a match at heavyweight, that is freaking ridiculous. One thing about Gable is, well, one, get, getting tired has been a problem for him in the past. Mm. It has happened in some big matches. It definitely has happened happened against Kassar. But the other thing that, that I think enables him to do that is when he goes, he is so high percentage. Basically, every time he pulls yeah. the trigger, he doesn't have to do some volume thing. When he attacks, he scores almost without fail. So yeah. I think that creates some efficiency. But I, I think a year ago, we don't see him push for that tech the way he did. Yeah. I agree. That that was what no, was no. impressive. You could tell he was working really hard, and he was tired, and he was still scoring. Like when he got the last takedown on the edge, like he like kind of like hit the mat. Like yeah, like but you could tell he was exhausted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean that was well that was that was I mean that was I guess I would say one of the things that like and this is probably where he's just to give you some insight to his mentality is like. One of the things that, and now like I look back and I think that was stupid for me to try to set the takedown record. But one of the things it really gave me was like, yeah, I had to keep pushing when I was really tired. And like that ability to just continue to work through that stage of exhaustion, it's a, it's a skill. And you only get it by, you only get it by getting there, which is a place that number one, you don't want to get to. And number two, especially if you're as elite as Gable, you don't really need to get there all that often. And right. so the fact that he, pushing himself in that manner. Um, I mean, I, th I think it almost says to me that he stepped up his level of commitment to being great because just like we talked about with Jordan and Zahid, the more weapons you have in your arsenal, the more likely you are to win. And it feels like Gable's adding that as a weapon in his arsenal. Yeah, and I mean, I think we're, we're seeing a lot of evidence of that. I think the RTC Cup was pretty strong evidence of where he was, him getting over the hump against... Um, Nick Wisdowski was was yeah. certainly impressive. Now him pushing for for the bonus points here against uh, Christian Lance. But why don't we get started with the Nebraska versus Iowa duel? Um, okay. As you mentioned, Ben, the first two are going to be um, slaughters. Um, Spencer Lee, Tecker pin over Liam Cronin. And Liam Cronin's not bad, but Spencer's just Spencer. Yeah, there's like only – I mean, how many how many people – Will Spencer wrestle this year where you're not going to go into it and think pin or tech? Well, Spencer, like, there's, there's never been an all bonus season. I remember this was one of my, one of my goals. Zane, I think had two or three non bonuses. I think David had maybe had a two non bonus season. Yeah. Um, there's been people who came close, but no one's ever done it. But Spencer with Vito and Pat glory being out. And then obviously the other thing here is the shortened season. So you have less opportunities to mess up. So I think Spencer could be the first person to ever do it in the history of, to my knowledge, the history of college wrestling. Yeah, I don't think it's happened. To your point, David was really close. His freshman year was ridiculous too. I know he didn't win NCAAs that year, but he had an insane bonus rate that year. Um, yep. Zane's, was it his sophomore or junior year? One of those years he was. Yeah, junior year. His sophomore year was insane. I'm pretty sure he just had like the the Clagan. He had that weird like three two win over BJ Clagan, where the rumors were he was sick. Um, but yeah, he he had a ridiculous run. But yeah, Spencer, it's set up for him to do. And between the construction of the weight class and how great he is, it's it's going to be tough to think. I mean, Rayvon Foley is ranked number two, right? Yeah, like yeah. he, I think he would absolutely and has he has he has yeah. him yeah. before. Um. So, yeah, it's going to be a long, short year for the 25-pounders. Okay, yeah, and DeSanto versus uh, Thompson, it's not going to be pretty fun. either. Yep. And then, all right, let's get to the, this one. Jay Nyman versus Chad Red. This one's a lot of fun. 
They've had to wrestle before, but I, I'm not recalling what the record is there. Uh, I believe Ironman has um, had the edge historically here. Um, I think this is going to be a, a very close match, though, just given both guys are better when you're attacking them. Um, both guys are good on top. Both guys have great cradles. I think he favored Jaden slightly. I think he may be a little bit better on top um, and a little more proficient in scrambles. But I do think it's going to be a, a pretty competitive match. And I'm, I'm just curious to see where's Chad Red. I have an idea what we're going to get with Jaden Ironman, but Chad is one of those guys who early in the season is really different from late season Chad Red. So, but it's also January. So does that matter at all? Like, I don't know. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> It's January. It's not, it's not November it. anymore, Christian. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's he's going to start turning the corner. We just haven't got to see the the November Chad Red struggles. Um, what's their history? They actually haven't hit in really? college. Yeah, they hit at Vegas right. one year. No, I'm, I'm scrolling through the wrestle stat, and they have never wrestled, which is rare. So I, I feel the same way as you, if, especially if Chad Red's in shape. I think it's going to be competitive. I think I, Ironman is better. But um, with the way these guys scramble – um, you know, either one of them has that six point ability to get six points. And so it could really go either way, but I think I'm, I'm going to lean Ironman and there's just a small possibility that Chad Red puts him on his back and wins the match. Absolutely. Now this one, I think this is a real match. Max Miran versus Brock Hardy. Maybe the, the, the train has run away already for me with, with Brock Hardy, but I'm excited to watch him. He had such a, a good early performance against Blockus. I think... You know, Max Muren's not a, um, you know, huge, huge point scoring guy. He's not a guy that's going to run up the score against another top, like, 8 to 10-ish guy. And if Hardy's that, which we don't really know, I think it's going to be pretty competitive. I think Brock's outstanding. I think Max is great. I think what I'm curious is, is Max going to be more effective up away? I think the cut to 41 was a real thing for him. I think he's going to be really? a lot more comfortable. Yeah. So he never looked that big. I mean, I listen, I don't know. I, 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 don't even know I don't even know if I stood next to the dude ever, Christian. I don't think I ever stood next to him. I just watched I him on TV and, and from very far away in the stands. And he never shot. He never looked like, oh, my God, that guy's huge for 141. And obviously, I'm only comparing to other, other 141s because that's the only thing I've seen is him on the wrestling mat. Um, he never felt very big to me. Um, but obviously I could be wrong. So I actually thought maybe that would hurt him go having to go up. I don't know. Did, am I crazy? Did you no, think I, he, I think he's pretty big. Yeah. Okay. Bracky thought he was big. He stood next to him dozens of times. <laughs> I've never stood next to him ever. <laughs> Didn't that the Hawkeye open showdown, whatever it was called. Didn't he beat Mitch McKee? Yeah. Too? So, In freestyle. Yeah. That's a, that's a nice win. I, I, I do think we're getting. I don't think we're getting too far ahead of ourselves with Brock Hardy. I think he's going to be very good and be a factor um, this season. Yeah. But I'm going to stick with Mirren. I think I will too. It's going to be totally lame. Okay, now we got yeah. two Caleb, Caleb Young versus Caleb Licking. Um, hey, can I ask you one question before I forget, Christian? Because I've been thinking about this. So someone like Ridge Lovett, who is he's not starting this year, obviously because he can't beat Chad Red, but this year doesn't count against eligibility. So I'm assuming no one has a red shirt this year. So then would would Ridge Lovett be able to red shirt then next year? Yes. Jeez. Like that's what's going to happen with um, Kennedy. Like Kennedy's probably not going to start this year, and then he'll red shirt next year, and then man, he'll have four years. Man, we have some old old college kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, you know, Brock Hardy, he's, he's got to be a 21, 22-year-old freshman who's going to get yeah. five years, too. So crazy. So that's kind of cool. But yeah, you got to fit. I mean, Caleb Licking is a pretty solid guy, but Caleb Young's going to be a solid favorite there in this one. And then I would be interested to see what Caleb Young looks like, you know, because last season he just felt like he never really hit that stride and he had the rough big tens where he DMP'd, so – I'm interested to see what Caleb Young looks like. He started the season. I felt like this as the season progressed, he struggled more. Yeah. I don't know if it was yeah, weight. He, Remember this guy? I'm pretty sure he wrestled at 74. 
Yeah, I, I was just going to bring that up, Christian, the, the weight issue, because, um, you know, you're talking about Max Murin, obviously, is Caleb Young seems, uh, I'm going to look up how big he was previously, but he seems like a really big 57. And generally, you know, as the year progresses, guys struggle more and more with their making the weight. Um, and that's, you know, the other, the other one where you say, this is probably a weight issue when they're not um, kind of high energy, right? When, when they're struggling. That's definitely could be the case of him. Yeah, he wrestled some 174 uh, and 165 previously in his career. Yeah, so going to be – but one thing that's going for Caleb is he's going to have fewer weigh-ins this year. So maybe it won't pile up as much and have, like, the same effect it had a year ago. And we're also guessing that it was weight-related, but I think it's a pretty fair assumption to make. He was, he was pretty big. Mm-hmm. And I would have been really excited coming into this season to, to watch this match just to see where Peyton Rob stacks up. But, you know, he lost um, to Sparks last week. So, and obviously Marinelli is going to be like the number one, number two guy this year. It's tough to see this being competitive, even though on paper I would have thought really? it would have been a really good match. What? Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm as shocked by you at the, at the Sparks matchup, but – I'm going to throw that one out. I'm going to say this is going to be competitive because you think Peyton Robb is usually really solid defensively. He's solid in the over-under position. He's solid on overhooks and underhooks, which is where Marinelli lots of times likes to wrestle. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to throw that one out, and I'm going to say that this uh, this one's going to be relatively close. I think Marinelli's going to win, but I think Robb's going to be able to keep it competitive. Okay. I think it's going to be a beatdown, personally. Um, really? I think this could be beat like major territory. Dude, Marinelli okay. is a savage. Well, let me He's read your stat. Let me let me read your stat, Christian. There we go. Uh, Sabermetric. Sabermetric. Peyton Rob lost six matches last year. Okay. He lost by he lost by one point. He lost by one point. He lost by two points. He lost in overtime. He lost by one point. He lost by one point. What makes you think this is gonna be a beatdown? It's Alex Marinelli. Who was the best wrestler he wrestled last year? Hayden Hidley. Highly. Yeah, so like Hayden's Hayden's fantastic, but he's not a guy that's gonna like in in a ranked match. He's not gonna always you know pull away. Certainly, he's he's put up big points in the past, but compared to Marinelli, I think so. I feel like against highly ranked wrestlers, Marinelli is uh, he wins a lot, but he doesn't always he pins guys if they're a bomb. Marinelli will pin them. But if they're good, I guess I'm going to go back and make sure. If they're good, so he beat Whitlake 3-2. Um, he beat Isaiah White 4-3. Like, he wrestles competitive matches. Madden, yeah, Fadden 5-3. Significantly better than Peyton Robb. Uh, listen, uh, okay, we, let's, let's make right. a bet. I think it's going to be it. within – Let's see. I say two points or less, and you guys say three points or more. Oh, all, day. all day. All <laughs> day. Yeah, but that makes the line too short. Yeah, man. That's 30 push ups. Okay. Deal. Peyton Rob, don't let me down. I think Marinelli wins by win. two points. Okay. Three and up. Okay. Next, man, how about this one? Michael Kemmerer versus Mike Labriola. Ben, you were obsessed with this match last time they wrestled because it was great. Felt like, yep. And you felt like Labriola just made a, some kind of like a. So some blunders that actually they seem like they sort of surprised you. One, no, just just one, one really because it if, if I remember it was a three. I'm gonna look it up, but I believe it was a three-one match, and Labriola was in on the winning takedown. Little back here, see. yeah, it was it was it was correct. It was a three-one match. Labriola was in on the winning single leg, and listen, you know, in 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 youth wrestling, I was just teaching my little kids last night. You do T position, right? Because you you want to have a solid base. You want to tip over, but. Once you get good, you no longer want to do T position because if you do T position, your ankle is within grasping range of them, right? And you can grasp the ankle and then you can pull the ankle, pass the ankle, or do a handful of other things. So once you're good at wrestling, you no longer want a T position on finishes. You want to do more like a Y, right? Maybe it's upside down Y, like this. So your ankles are out of grasping range and your crotch is out of grasping range because they don't want the crotch lock or the ankle grab. Uh, Labriola finished him and... And uh, Cameron just grabbed an ankle, rolled it through, and then finished that leg pass uh, for the takedown to win. So if Kemmer would have just pivoted, I'm sorry, Labriola would have just pivoted hard when he did the cutback, his ankle would have been out of grass range. He would have won the match 3-1. to one. Mike Labriola, there's your technique session. I hope you watch this before the match. 
Hide your ankles. Hide your ankles. Hide your ankles. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Hide everything. Listen, gotta hide your ankles. If you're wrestling, yeah. But that, but this is anyone. Listen, because here's the argument I make uh, to my. Now we're getting into the technical stuff. Even if, even if the defensive guy doesn't know what the hell they're doing, and they can grasp your ankles, they're going to make the finish relatively hard on you. Okay. Yeah. You got to be able to clear your ankles when you're finishing leg attacks, because if you don't, your finish is going to be much more difficult than it needs to be. Hide your ankles. Okay. What do you have a prediction for this one? Do you think he's going to hide his ankles and win? <laughs> Oh man, it's so hard. Isn't it so hard to make predictions when we haven't seen these guys in, in such a long period of time? I mean, the last time you saw Michael Kemmerer wrestle, wait, did he do that? He did the um, he wrestled Tommy Gant, the Hawkeye Club. Yeah, I think he wrestled Tommy Gant. He, he got beat. He lost to Tommy Gant, but it was a, it was a it was goofy freestyle. Really like, like Tommy Gant's really good, Dumped and like. I'm pretty sure he just kept getting hit in the same thing. It was like a freestyle exposure oh, thing. I'd have to go back and rewatch, but it was something like that where you're like, "What are you doing?" Uh, you could tell just yeah. you know, Kimmer, Kimmer's really good. He's just so, sort of a freestyle. He hasn't competed it much, especially since he got to Iowa. He used to like he was a fixture at Fargo and things like that, but I haven't seen him do a ton of freestyle since he's been at Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'll go, I'll go Kemmer 3-1. Oh, wow. So you're predicting Mike does not, um, do your tech, take your techniques no, second to heart. <clears throat> no, I think, uh, I think maybe Kemmer will lock down his defense and he'll, he'll be the one that scores the offensive takedown as opposed to the leg pass. This time. Yeah. I think Kemmer gets it done too. Um, now this 84 match is going to be interesting because I have no idea who's going to wrestle. Is it going to be Nelson or Abe Assad? We watched Nelson uh, have a great showing at, at U23s, and then he beat Abe. I think he teched or beat him 9-0 yeah. at the uh, Hawkeye Wrestling Club thing, which it was freestyle, but it was like not super freestyle It was like takedowns, takedowns, takedowns. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like, feels like it's going to be Nelson, right? Uh, yeah. I, so when I have it on some, uh, some rumors, I don't know if, I don't know if this is a proper authority Uh-oh. that, uh, that Abe Assad said he had too much fun in the summer and he was not hundred percent prepared for that match. And now he's going to be ramping it up because it's season time. Hmm. Well, that sounds like a mistake, but we'll see. Um, I wonder who it's going to be. Um, so I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Find out. I don't know if, it, yeah. if all that um, summer fun was worth it. Well, so, listen, you got to have a little fun. In the, you got to you got to have a little fun in the summer, then get back into training. But it was, but it, so to to argue with Abe, it, it was November for God's sakes. It was not. It was no longer the summer. Yeah, so, <laughs> in November. Ah, it's been cold now. Uh, four months by the time November gets around. For real, once the temperatures start changing, you got to know it's time time to gear up. Yeah, um, put the shirt on. Well, the other. On the other side, we don't, we also don't know who's going to show up, Christian, because is it going to be the Taylor Vens that uh, has a lead on Zahid Valencia late in the match, or is it going to be the Taylor Vens who loses the guys who aren't very good? And uh, I'm not really sure on that one either. Or is it going to be Nathan Haas? Um, yeah, that's who wrestled oh. for Nebraska last week. Remember? Yes, that what? Yeah, did, does he beat Vens? Is that why he started? No, it's kind of I good. don't think so. No, um, yeah, I don't know what it was, but I, I don't think that's the reason. Vince is pretty big, maybe coming down and wait. First time, I don't know. I think we'll, I think we'll see Vince here. If he's healthy, he'll okay. go. The other thing we gotta keep in mind too is, is contact tracing. And yeah, all that stuff. Like, was did he get exposed to somebody? Was he around somebody? Sucks, but that's gonna be a factor all season. Man. Yeah, well, that's why you, you got to get. You should have had the Rona party. Got you don't have to get tested for three months. You're golden. You've been talking about the Rona party for since like April. Listen, if college coaches didn't do it, there, it's a dereliction of duty. You should have gotten all your kids <laughs> Corona in December, and then they don't have to get tested through the season. That if they get a positive test at the end of December, that will last them to roughly April first, which will get them through the NCAA tournament without having to be tested. I think that sounds like a good idea, and I stand by it. 
Uh, I I agree. Um, it would be would be good. I think you're never going to see these coaches more paranoid than like the couple weeks before conferences and NCAA's. Oh my god! They're going to be bubble wrapping these kids, not letting them go anywhere. It's going to be. They're going to be losing their minds because some of these guys are already high anxiety. Can you imagine, Christian? Yeah. Cody Arnold says in, <laughs> on the Facebook chat that um, the broadcast said Vince had a skin issue, so it sounds like. I would imagine he'd be good to go then. Defense so. <laughs> oh, Blake Blake Barber, lots of times he's a knucklehead in the chat, but he, he had a funny one right now. He said <laughs> um he said Assad was hanging out with Warner cooking sweet corn and chasing the ladies. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, remember when, when we dropped the bombshell that Jacob Warner was a ladies man? <laughs> Such a bombshell. It's classic. We, we called him the ladies man the entirety of last year. I think we should keep it going. I don't see why we would yeah, stop. Absolutely, he's a ladies' man. Um, you don't just relinquish mm-hmm. that title. He's gonna be taking on Eric Schultz, who uh, he either beat him or I know he outplaced he him, him at Big Carver. Tens. Schultz, Schultz, he beat him in Carver, yeah. outplaced him at Big Tens. Yeah. Feels like Schultz here uh, until Warner, you know, turns the tide. Yeah, it's 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 just hard again because obviously we haven't seen warner and did he wrestle i don't remember him wrestling in the carver thing the hawkeye showdown i'm pretty sure he did but i just can't remember who he wrestled against yeah i don't remember who i thought he wrestled okay i thought i think he did wrestle but i just can't remember who i thought he might have wrestled another hawkeye actually like glazier or something oh yeah sure. he wrestled, i think he wrestled glazier that doesn't count yeah. that's inner squad match i think uh, he, i think he that. checked him it doesn't count. Yeah, okay. I, I don't think I even watched it because I wasn't interested in the Iowa inner squad. Jacob Warner, you didn't wrestle Zach Glazier, so don't even talk about it. But man, the inner squad was great because that's where uh, the Assad Nelson Brands match happened. I didn't watch that one either. Man, you didn't watch that either. Okay. Anthony Cassiope, who is healthy, he was not injured by Brandon Metz in a leg lace. That was a dream I had. Um, <laughs> so that's reassuring. He's going to be taking on Christian Lance, who, you know, we were kind of high on coming into this. Uh, you can't really fault anyone for getting teched by Gabriel Stevenson. It could be just that kind of year for the heavyweight class, apart from, you know, Mason and Kirkfleet and maybe Cassiope. So um, excited to see where Christian is against a, uh, a mortal opponent, uh, unlike Gabriel Stevenson. It was 6 1, I think, last time these two wrestled. I think it's a little closer this time, but. I don't know for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think it'll be competitive, but uh, Christian Lance has taken another step up before I see him beating someone like Cassiope. Okay, some other odds and ends matches. Um, we got to talk about this one, buddy. Keegan O'Toole oh. versus Anthony Valencia. Well, hey, I, so one. we will talk about that, obviously. But hold on, Christian. That's a good okay. quad, so it's – it's Iowa State, Northern Iowa, and and ASU. I thought it was just a try, but I, maybe they didn't. Maybe it's late notice and they added added uh, Northern Iowa because I thought initially it was only Iowa State and Arizona State. Yeah, I don't know if there was a schedule change there or not, um, but yeah, that is a very good group of duels for sure. There's gonna be tons of good matches there. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to see how Keegan does. Obviously, um, Anthony Valencia. He's had immense freestyle success. Folk style success ha- hasn't been similar, but he does have a few tools that are really, really good. I mean, he, he scores his double leg on almost everybody. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Oh, did you guys freeze? Oh, my goodness. I think we lost uh, Christian and Kyle. We'll see. we'll see if they come back. So I'll keep talking about the Iowa State and um, – Northern Iowa and Arizona State duel. Another match I'm really interested in uh, is Jacory Teamer and David Carr. Are you guys back? We're back. Okay, you guys. I lost you. So I was talking. I was just talking about other matches I was interested in. Uh, the first one I brought up was Jacory Teamer and David Carr. That's gonna be fun. I think so. Um, Jacory lost last week though to. Thomas I understand. Oklahoma. It still will be fun. Because David Carr is going to attack the legs, and Jacory is going to do crazy stuff. Um, yeah. So I'm. What I think I'm most interested with with the Keegan Valencia match, if I may, is where is he at? I feel like Anthony 
if you're a freshman and you're maybe undersized or not as big or maybe not as strong because you're super young, like he could just be like yeah. running over, kind of overwhelming, just like pin him in a cradle or something crazy like that. So I'm curious sure. how – I want to see like the first minute of that match and how Keegan kind of endures that kind of fast twitch and blow through you explosion. And then, you know, if Keegan can get on top, can he ride him? Um, can he stop a Gramby roll? Because that is how Anthony Valencia gets away or doesn't get away. He's going to try to Gramby yeah. the entirety of the of the time. So I think it's a huge opportunity for Keegan. Um, mm-hmm. If he's going to be kind of what we've we've theorized, we're going to – this is like a test he can need at least not pass, show he can be right there with him. Um, I, I kind of think he's yeah. going to win. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that would be a huge win for him. Because Valencia is really good, and yeah, I I think the first minute, like you said, um, you know, is Anthony Valencia gonna be able to blow through him, or is he gonna be ready for that type of power and speed? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm excited for that one. Do you have a prediction, Steve? We won't make Ben. Man, I pick against the sun. Like Keegan's gonna win. I'm not gonna pick against him. I'm gonna pick him. Of course. Okay, <laughs> he's, gonna, he's gonna do it. I, I don't want to put you in the spot there. Um, no, they don't. Do okay, so we talked. We talked. But there's about so many other Nick good Lee matches in that in that plot. You guys skip right, over hit, that quad. Hit, hit, hit. You want to talk about? Okay, so no. Teamer and Car, Teamer Car is a really yeah. good one. Um, we will get to see where Colton Schultz is at with his progression because you know he's going to see Elam and Gremel, which that'll probably be the highest ranked guys he's seen um, at the level. I how, what's Isley ranked? He's top fifteen. Is he really? Okay, he'd be, so he'd be I mean, that's going to be. Dude. Oh shoot! He's t- you guys got him at ten, so he so he's gonna have Elam at eight, uh, Isley at ten. What you guys got, Gremel? You guys got Gremel above uh, Elam. Get out of here with that! He's raising the rough, <laughs> so he's gonna have seven, eight, seven, eight, and ten. All the weekend, so we'll get a- he better not raise the rough in the second period because that is not the right time to raise the rough. I mean, Zach Elam didn't even wrestle last year, and his. True freshman year, he was solid, but he wasn't great. Yeah, Grimmel was Southern Scuffle champ, Big Twelve finalist, seeded pretty high at nationals. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> so that, that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun little quad. Th- those four, uh, one ninety seven. I'm very curious to see if Rocky Elam um, is good enough to beat Kendall, Kendall uh, Cordell Norfleet. Kendall's his little brother. Um, that that's gonna be a really good one, 197 pounds, um, and, and we'll see. I, I think Elam's the real deal, but I guess we'll see after this weekend. Yeah, I I kind of think he'll beat Norfleet, but I don't know. I, I'm I think he's gonna be fantastic as a true freshman. Yeah, um, yeah, Norfleet is is the real deal. Um, yeah, they're, they're just kind of really good matches all around in that duel, and. and you know, those are, if you go outside of the Big Ten, those are four really highly ranked teams. And again, we're not going to see the, we're going to see the Big Ten versus anyone else. So these matches kind of like matter a lot, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. Big time, big time. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Nick Lee versus Sebastian Rivera for crying out loud. That's That's got to be the biggest match of the entire weekend. In, in Division One wrestling, right? There's not going to be anything close. Yeah. NCAA finals preview potentially. In my mind, I think it will be. Um, and I don't know. I, you like Nick Lee? I think I like Seabass here. Um, the first crack. I think. You know, is pace going to be a factor here? If if so, you would favor Nick Lee, but I feel like Sebastian's going to be. Sebastian doesn't get tired. Right. But that's one of yeah. Nickley's weapons, right? He likes to he gets he attacks a lot. He gets people tired. He wears them out. Scores a lot of points against Rivera. I think Rivera's just gonna be a little, little too slick. Um, a couple of takedowns, and I think on top he could he could be a little problematic. He's really good on top. I think he could ride. We've seen him, Sebastian Rivera, ride in big matches. I think he could do it here. But Nickley, as we know, is is really fantastic and. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited yeah. for that one. Okay, I, I'm going to pick Nick Lee because I just don't see 
I just don't see Seabass being a big 141. I know he's up there, and he's another one where maybe I'm wrong. I've never stood next to the guy, but like I didn't. He was he was a 25. I didn't think he was a big 33. I thought he was like solid size, not small for 33. But I didn't. I wasn't like, oh my god, that guy's got to move up. So I I see Nick Lee having a size advantage here, um, and I, I think he gonna he's gonna win. I don't know. I watched I watched Friday night um, when he wrestled, and he looks significantly bigger. He's thicker. Um, he looks more muscular than he did at thirty three. He's thick. He's full on thick pass. And okay. Was, so what, what was uh, uh, what was the match? Oh, it's like so. I would compare it to Nishan Garrett, where Nishan Garrett looks that size, and may, I think maybe you guys disagreed, but I just felt like he was kind of didn't have the power to go with Joe McKenna. Yeah, I just disagree. I think I think Sebastian's gonna have the power though. I really do. Um <laughs> we, we were concerned about it at thirty three and then he was number one seed at, at NCAAs for the second year in a row. Um I don't know how many times have we seen this dude just step up in big matches and win? Uh, I'm taking Sebastian Rivera. Okay. Yeah, I think I think he's I think he's man, he's so freaking dynamic on his feet and he's so slick um he, he's always been like pretty tough on top i thought he looked even better on top this weekend he had like over three minutes of riding time and got a turn uh, i was really impressed hey kozak did a uh did a pool for us with uh everyone who's wrestled the most matches as we oh, I, I think that. that was cool yeah I, nate jackson has wrestled the most and he's going to add another match to that tonight with his um, what will be his 16th match since April of 2020. Um, I'm trying to – any. yeah, go ahead. What's the deal with the, the Russians on this list? So obviously I know they had Russian Nationals, which was like four or five matches. What other tournaments did they have? Because when you look at, when you look at most of our Americans on this list, they're not, they're not like um, international tournaments. It's because Flo put on the RTC Cup or the, the 195-150 tournament. So I know the Russians wrestled Russian nationals, but what else did they wrestle in where they have all these matches? Um, where did Agurev wrestle? Um, nine and zero. Oh. They haven't had like a Euros or anything like that. I'm not. I honestly don't know. Ben. But there's a whole bunch, Christian, because there's Shar- Sharipov, uh, Kuramegamedov. There's a handful of them on this list. Um, and I was like thinking, like, where did you gave Zamalov? Uh, I know Barnowski, he's like a Polish guy, so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they wrestled then. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. Check out Kozak's tweet there if you want to see who's been the most active. Nate Jackson remains the Iron Man. All right, let's talk about um, Henry DeGlaine. So I don't know what FRL is going to be tomorrow because we're going to be freaking driving back. I think it's going to be a Ben and Bray combo you guys breaking down maybe steve and i can call in for like five minutes from the road but we're gonna be driving from lincoln to austin tomorrow during frl time so i don't know how that's gonna work but so we won't get to go into too much depth to the henry DeGlaine. so i think we should right now um 57 kilograms is gonna be not only super juicy from a uh, a domestic standpoint because thomas gilman nick soriano and vito ruja but Amir Slanov, Adirishvili, Ortega from Cuba, all going to be in the mix. 57 is going to be nasty. And there's there's no guarantees that our guys are – the Americans, you know, we want to see Gilman and Soriano and Vito mix it up. But these guys might not hit because there's some real freaking landmines in this bracket. Yeah, so let me ask you this because I know I asked last week and I, I don't recall what you're answering, but – is this the entirety of the foreign entries? Because I know last week you said, you know, they did, there was no requirement when they had to have them in by or, or something to that effect. I I don't know if the, if entries are set then. Um, I think it's okay. probably everyone this from all these different countries, not just Azerbaijan, but Cuba, Poland, et cetera. So I think registration's probably done, but you never know with these tournaments. Yeah. Okay. Want me to pick there or what? Yeah, who who's gonna win? Uh, probably. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Thomas Gilman because that's who I went with last week. 
You think Gilman wins it? Man, I how does how does how do you think Vito matches up against Gilman? I'm very fascinated to see because you know we talked about this. We talked about kind of the, the tiers last week, where we kind of I think we all had Vito in a tier below uh, the top three. I think Vito could maybe he makes that tier jump. Maybe maybe he. Uh, we know he's been getting better. We're just not sure how much better he's gotten because he hasn't wrestled any of those top guys. Um, but I, I think at this point, um, we're just going to see Gilman kind of slow it down and shut him down a little bit. I really wish we had the bracket. Uh, of course, we won't until that day. But that would be that would make it so much more helpful. Um, so much. It feels like feels like it's Gilman, but I don't know. Um, I think. It, I, I obviously think an American's going to win this. I, I honestly look at all three of them as having all, a nearly equal chance of winning this, which is maybe crazy given Gilman's credentials. But I think Soriano, and maybe that's a leap with Soriano, but I don't know, a little bit of a prognostication. There. I just think he's I think he's going to be a lot better this time out, um, having just had a, a sole free, freestyle focus and training to Arizona. I don't know, it seems like it's been a good match for him. But I'll, I'll, I'll predict Vito. Why not? I'll say Vito, he's for real. We've seen the progression. Now he's ready to take it to the to next level. The thing with Vito that makes him tough to pick, even though I just did, is like he's he always – like not always, but he will make mistakes in the matches. And I feel like against some of these foreigners, I don't know if you can have those sort of lapses or in, in a shootout kind of match because I think they can really capitalize on them. So, I don't know. Maybe he's he's probably not the wisest pick, but um, yeah, I I wouldn't feel great about any one guy if I got like stuck with them and he has to win. But I think the progression of Vito and how many different ways he can score is is why I think he'll do it. I'm really excited to see Nick Soriano against some of these international guys, um, just because I mean, when have we ever seen that? Um, I'm gonna take Gilman though. Gilmania. Let's go. Um, so no love for the foreigners. Let's hope for an all-team USA final and bronze match. You know, 65 is ridiculous as well. Um, not only do we have James Green and Yanni, Olympic champion Vladimir Kinshikishvili, Tobier, two-time bronze medalist. He beat Zane at the World Championships in 2019. He's beaten a lot of good guys. Gadjiev of Poland, he's beaten um, James Green. He's very, very good as well. All these guys in there at 65. Um, thoughts on this bracket, Ben? Um, really good. I mean, we got to see Kinchi. Yeah, I can never say dude's name. Kinchi or mm -hmm. whatever his name is. Uh, we got to see Greasy and Yanni recently. Um, uh, Yanni's looked so good, especially last weekend against Ashnault. He was ridiculous. I'm going to pick him to win the bracket. I am too. Uh, I think this is – I think I love this – all the different matchups he's going to potentially get. I think the toughest matchup for Yanni would be someone like Tobier of Cuba. Um, from a from a defensive standpoint, he's really, really tough to get to. Um, he's very strong. He could physically be really powerful for him. I think Gadjiev is, is the most interesting because he's really slick. I think Kachikishvili – I don't know. I kind of felt like – their beat the streets match, Yanni. I don't think he wrestled his his best in that one. It's easy for me to say that as like an American and a Yanni fan, but I think this time out he'll be ready for what Kanjikishvili throws at him. If if any of the American, if uh, Yanni or James win this, you got to be feeling great about them headed into trials because it, it's it's this is like a world championships level bracket here, um, just a, a little condensed. So. Excited for this one. I'm going with Yanni. He looks so good. It's undeniable. Could be recency bias, but uh, it's certainly an American bias. But I'm picking Yanni. I pretty much only pick Yanni to win tournaments. So yeah, yeah Yanni. <laughs> it's kind of the way to do it. You will typically be right. So then we've got our only 74 here is uh, is Kyle Kyle Dake. So maybe that's all we need. Um, that's all we freaking need. So there's a couple good guys. Kinchadze is solid. Um, uh, Kazumurad Gatsayev, of, I think he's from 
I think he's Azari, and plus Shadzi of Georgia. They're all good, but uh, Kyle Dake will reign supreme. Um, and this is 76, I'm pretty sure. Everything's plus two. So yes, I, I would kind of like to see Kyle at a, like a scratch 74 situation because a year ago at the Pelicon, he like had that kind of a slow start, and then he was just destroying people at the end. So what would Dake look like? Um, but it'll be good to see him uh, against some – Super elite competition. He looked great against McFadden, but the, obviously he's going to climb a rung in, in terms of competition level here. Mm-hmm. But we are contractually obligated to pick Dake, so we are going to do that. Next topic. Next topic. Uh, next topic is Zahid Valencia. He is, I think, because David is not going. Someone asked. David's not going to France. He is here in Lincoln. He won't be going. Um so Zahid is the only American. Uh, Reichmuth of Switzerland is there. He's world bronze. Um, there's Abakarov. He was junior, world silver, and bronze. Marsagashvili was Olympic and world bronze. So some tough competition here for Zahid. But once again, I think Zahid gets it done. I think he wins this tournament. Um, think about how good he was at Pelicone. And listen, in defeat against Jordan Burroughs, I thought he looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. I thought he looked really sharp. So I think he's going to win. Um, hey, uh, the Mar- Marshagvili, that he's pretty old by now, right? That's the guy I'm thinking of. His first name's like yes. Dato. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, well, I don't really know. The, the second guy you mentioned, uh, Bakarov, I don't really know him at all. But Z- yeah, Zahid did look pretty good against Jordan. Um, I don't think, you know, his, his weakness was the pace. I don't think any of these foreigners wrestle with that type of pace. Uh, so I'll go ahead and pick Zahid. Zahid is a guy that sometimes puts the pace on people. Like he, he's done that collegiately many times to guys like wears them out. Just, um, but he, he's an interesting one because we've seen both sides of the, of the coin there with him. We've seen him really wear guys out and just like that high pace. You think about in his Mark Hall matches. He just shoots and shoots and shoots and shoots. And he didn't wear Mark Hall out, but like just that constant pressure, constant attacking um, is is a lot to deal with. So, but it is interesting because we've seen him fade as well. You know, seen him fade against the Venzes and of course Jordan Burroughs. But um, I think he gets it done here. I don't think this is the field that can really get him in an energy deficit. Um, and he's been looking good. So I like Zahid here. Welcome back to competition, Zahid. Yes, sir. Zahid Valencia. All right. Great champion. It's gonna be a great it's gonna be a great weekend for American wrestling. Uh, remember you can watch this uh, this tournament. Yeah, great champion, Zahid. You can watch uh all the matches live on flowwrestling.org. Ninety seven, Kyle Snyder, Sharif Sharifov, the timeless, the ageless Sharif Sharifov. He has beaten so many Americans. This guy has beaten Kyle. He's beaten Jaden Cox. He's beaten Kale Sanderson. Oh, my God. I mean, what else do you need to know? This guy is just a legend slayer. Um, He's old. He's old, but it doesn't matter. He's been old. He was old when he beat Kyle. He might have been old when he beat Kale. Kale. He's just just an old person, but he just beats him in wrestling because he's so freaking good. This guy won the Olympics in 2012, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. And gonna, he's still freaking good. Are you? Yeah, absolutely. It is easier to get old at bigger weight classes because you just don't see it nearly the amount at lighter weight classes. Even like in, say, MMA, the heavyweights seem to be significantly older when they're having success. I think it's because of the speed and the motion. Um, but that being said, Kyle Snyder. Oh, baby, I think we, we might. I'm gonna have to pick Gwiz and go American sweep of this tournament. If he beats Gino, that would be something else. Man, I don't know who to pick here. I kind of pick Kyle to win almost everything, but he really was not that. He he did not have that figured out with Sharifov. He did not seem like he was there to do it. But I think a year he's he got to wrestle him actually more than a year now since he last wrestled Sharifov. Sharifov's a year and a half older. Snyder, you know, I think he's he's healthy. I think the ankle thing was just a, a minor blip on the radar, and he's healthy and ready to go. So, And you know he's going to want to get that one back. So I do 
I actually agree that that he'll win here. But I mean, how many times have we picked an American to beat Sharif off, and he just freaking beats us? I'm yeah. thinking Captain America. Captain America. <laughs> Way to go, Kyle. You're a great American. Okay, so we're. I'm not going to go full sweep here because um, I feel like Gino deserves that respect, and you know, I I don't think. I think Wiz can score on Gino, but I think you need like, I don't know, six to eight points to beat Gino. And I don't know if that's coming with for Gwiz. Um So I'm going Gino here to, to beat Gwizdowski. Hopefully it's a final. Uh, uh, we'll go recency bias. Gwiz, and, and I know, I know Mason Paris and uh, Gable are getting much better. But after watching the RTC Cup, I'm gonna pick Gino. Okay, cool. Same. Gino, Gino, Gino. Okay, let's go to some questions before we get the heck out of here. Um, uh, any, um, I'm curious if you guys have any word here. But uh, Kevin Mulder, any word on Micic and Amin? I heard Micic is injured. Um, I don't know. I hadn't heard that Micic was injured. I know he'd been training at Arizona State. So I wasn't sure, but he's been back at Michigan for a little bit. So I hadn't heard if he'd been injured. I don't think I've read anything from Michigan in terms of their availability. Mm-hmm. Got to figure we're going to see Amin soon, not this weekend. And, you know, I think with, with it being such a goofy season, someone like Michich, maybe it's like, listen, I, I don't need a ton of matches. Let me get a couple. Send me to Big Tens. You know what I'm going to do. I'm going to qualify. I'm going to be a top four or five seed and I'm going to be on the short list of guys that can win NCAAs. And you look at, you know, Dayton fix. He's a guy we're not going to see till February, probably 10th. Uh, February 10th. So he's not going to get a ton of matches here and we know what he's going to bring to the table. So 33 may not see a ton of guys. And I, you know, what else is interesting, maybe similar with Nick Soriano and he could go 33 mm-hmm. as well. So three of the top, those would be almost guaranteed the top three at 133, maybe RBY or DeSanto are in there. We may hardly see them at all this year until like conferences. Yeah. So that'll be crazy. Okay. Um, I like the second part of this question. You can ask that too. Was it okay. Was the biggest sham of the weekend. The NDSU coaches telling Mets not to go for an upper body throw against South Dakota state because they were only up five going into heavyweight North Dakota state needs to be up six in all future duels. So tell them, <laughs> tell them what happened here. Me? I didn't watch the duel. Yeah. I just uh, I read the question, and I thought it was hilarious because Brandon Metz only goes for big throws. And so, you know, his coaches were telling him to go against his own inclination to go big or go home, and uh, he had to get it done the hard way, and he won it overtime. He did want to throw. You could tell. There were multiple times <laughs> he had, he had like, body locks locked up or was in that over-under position, and he wanted to do it, and he didn't. He uh, – I don't like of that. Of course, earlier in the day, he was pinned in 41 seconds because Carter Isley <laughs> was in on a single and he tried to double over. I'm not him. sure what he actually tried. I, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he was trying to pull Isley up off his leg and then throw him. But the problem was he didn't <laughs> break the lock like, on the leg and Isley just it's, he just fell straight to his back. Right to his back and it was an immediate pin. Yes. The ref called it immediately. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I think I think these refs are going to start predicting where Brandon is going to land or land his opponents, and the, the pins are going to come even quicker than usual just because he's going to have such a reputation developed for himself. Okay, Matt McVeigh. Will somebody get carvered this year with no fans being allowed to attend? Ooh, I don't think so. Yeah. I think Carver that, it's the atmosphere. Man. Yes. Absolutely. Unless it's the ghosts of Carver. That's the thing. <laughs> there is a spiritual component to Carver Hawkeye Arena. They're, they're the Carver God. Uh-oh, you guys froze again. Uh, I, I So I would say, I would say the, the biggest part of getting Carver is that fact that uh, most wrestlers, unfortunately, do not wrestle in crowds that are that large, especially that one-sided, very frequently. Most colleges, well, we're getting better at attendance, but very few college athletes wrestle in front of 15,000 people that are cheering against them on a very regular basis. So so it's a unique feeling, and obviously 
There have been very, very many good wrestlers get covered. I do not think it'll happen with no crowd this year. And okay. you guys are back. We're back. But I think since we're back, we should go because cut oh. out too many times. I don't want it to happen again because that's not a good experience for you guys. Um, but as it stands tonight, 7 o'clock Central, 8 Eastern. Tune in. David Taylor versus Jordan Burns. It's going down. Hey, Tyler, Tyler, if we want to play it uh, to play us out, Tyler has that uh, really awesome video that Sean Connell made yesterday. Oh, yeah. Check um, this out. This is sweet. Yeah, this Whoa. is sweet. We got a little time with David and Jordan yesterday. We'll see you tonight at 7, uh, 7 Central. See ya. What's up, guys? Jordan Burroughs here in beautiful Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm an Olympic gold medalist for the United States of America, also a four-time world champion. We're getting ready for the big battle. My name is David Taylor, 2018 world champion, two-time NCAA champion, two-time Hot Trophy Award winner. I love to compete. I love to step on the line and challenge myself, my physical conditioning, my mental toughness, and go at it. Yeah, it's really cool to get a chance to wrestle David again. It's been, man, almost seven years since we've competed against each other. Jordan Burroughs is the best. I mean, I'm excited for the opportunity to wrestle a guy of his caliber. Yeah, I think you can always tell a lot about a man by the way that they compete. I'm a fighter, I and mean, I'll never quit, ever. My style is exciting. It's relentless. It's fearless. It's high pace. I score a lot of points. Two of the best guys in the world step on the line. We're going to find out who the real king is. I think David's going to be a little nervous going into this match. I think that he's going to feel a little bit of the pressure, not only of wrestling me, but also of having to come to my hometown to compete against me. It's going to be a little different than what he expected going into this matchup. Jordan, I'm here in your hometown. You don't have to travel anywhere. You got to wake up this morning in your bed. Let's go out and scrap, buddy. Better be ready, bro. <laughs> That's it.